Welcome to the Notespire Music Artist Impact Podcast, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. Here's your host, Nate Miller. And welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Artist Impact Podcast here at Notespire Music. I'm your host, Nate Miller, and I'm so glad to be back with you guys for the next few minutes talking about uh, music, the music industry, tech, anything we can um, share with you to help you have a greater impact in your music and your music ministry. Well, we got a couple great things to talk about this this uh, episode. Uh, I got three more Christian music trivia questions for you. I, I know you guys love these, right? <laughs> well, if you don't, you can just uh, skip ahead. Um, but it gives you a chance to test your music knowledge, or you can at least you know look them up on Google like most of us probably do. I have some information about this year's uh, BMI Christian Awards, the 2023 BMI Christian Music Awards. Uh, that was held just a few months ago, I believe, in the month of June. And uh, we also have some uh, an article here about the number one mistake that writers and artists make. All right, so some great stuff here. All right, well, let's jump right in. Um, let's start with the uh, um, uh, Christian music trivia questions. That way you guys have time to think about it or to look them up while we're talking about the other stuff. All right, so just like the last time, um, I have three questions. Uh, one that's fairly, I think, pretty easy. One that might be a little bit harder. And then the third one, actually, you know what? I don't think any of these are really that hard. All right, here's your first question. Which Christian artist released the album Look Up Child featuring the hit song You Say? All right. Which Christian artist released the album Look Up Child featuring the hit song You Say? I didn't know that album title, but I do recognize that song title. All right. That's question number one. Question number two. What is the name of the hymn that begins with the lyrics, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father? There is no shadow of turning with thee. All right. I think that one's pretty simple, but maybe not for some of you who haven't grown up with hymns or you just never learned them. Um, again, what is the name of the hymn that begins with the lyrics, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. And finally, number, question number three. Which Christian rock band is known for songs like I Can Only Imagine and Word of God Speak. Which Christian rock band is known for songs like I Can Only Imagine and Word of God Speak? Well, I mean, it's possible that you knew the answer to number two, but not the answer to number three. But again, I think those are two very well-known um, modern Christian, I'll say CCM songs. So if you listen to Christian radio or sing those songs in church, you probably are familiar with those. All right, so those are your three questions. I think these ones are a little bit easier this time than the last time, but you know, you never know. <laughs> so start thinking about those now, and uh, you have time to look them up before the end of the episode when we'll go over the answers. All right, so um, before we jump into our article for this episode, the number one mistake that writers and artists make, uh, let's do a little review of the 2023 BMI Christian Music Awards Again, like I said, this was held a few months ago this year in uh, June. I think this was a private ceremony, so I'm not sure if you can even watch this online. I, I didn't happen to look it up, but um, it says here that BMI hosted the 2023 BMI Christian Awards this evening. That would have been back in June, celebrating its top Christian songwriters and music publishers with BMI's Christian song, uh, with BMI's Christian song, 
Songwriter and Publisher of the Year revealed. In addition, the ceremony named 15 first-time winners for their hand in writing some of the top 25 most performed Christian songs of the previous year. So that would have been uh, the songs from 2022. The event also paid special tribute to Dottie Leonard Miller with the BMI Spotlight Award for her meaningful contributions to the genre, marking the first time this accolade was presented at this ceremony. BMI's AVP of Creative, Nashville, Leslie Roberts, and BMI's VP of Creative, Nashville, Clay Bradley, hosted the invitation-only ceremony at BMI's Music Row office. Okay, so there's a little synopsis of the evening. So they highlighted um, the BMI Spotlight Award was Dorothy Leonard Miller. And uh, they said it's the first time that type of this, this type of accolade was given at this uh, ceremony. Uh, they also gave Song of the Year, which was Gyra. Some of you guys that follow Christian contemporary music or modern worship music, you'll know that song. Um, that features Chris Brown and Steve Furtick of Elevation Music along with Chandler Moore and Naomi Rain, which I believe they're from Maverick uh, City. Um, there was a, That was a co- uh, collaboration there between the two of them. So Jaira was the song of the year. Um, songwriter of the year was Jeff Pardo. This guy cleaned up, man. I mean, look at the songs he was nominated for. Come What May, Gospel Song, In Jesus' Name, God of Possible, My Jesus, and Yes, He Can. There's a huge list there. Um, but yeah, that guy... Songwriter of the Year, Jeff Pardo. Well done, my friend. Uh, Publisher of the Year was Capital CMG Publishing. Uh, I guess it looks like they, they, the Capital CMG is a Capital Christian music group. And it looks like they published songs like Because He Lives, Child of Love, Come What May, which was Jeff Pardo, um, Goodness of God, Gospel Song, which was him again, In Jesus' Name, God of the Possible, that's him again, In the House. My Jesus, Jeff Pardo again. Man, this guy's all over the place. Promised plan, promises, and yes, he can. Jeff Pardo. And I got to start studying your music because apparently you're doing something right here. It's resonating with people. <laughs> uh, another cool thing that the uh, the BMI website highlights here is that this year they were proud to honor 15 first-time BMI Christian Award winners. Um, so there's a bunch, there's a big long list here of songs. Um I'll, I'll put the link. I'll try to put the link in the show lo- show notes so you guys can see these. But I'll I'll list a couple of them off here. Uh, we got Bill Gaither and Gloria Gaither for "Because He Lives." Um, Ed Cash, Franny Cash, Kane, Martin Cash, and Scott Cash. I think they're from. Uh, I think they're the We the Kingdom band, right? Uh, their song "Child of Love." Yeah. Um, "Come What May" by Darren Mulligan and our our man Jeff Pardo. <laughs> Fires by Chrissy Nordoff. Um, Goodness of God. There's there's a good one. A lot of people have done that one. But Ed Cash, Jason Ingram. Uh, Gospel Song. Again, Jeff Pardo. <laughs> House of the Lord. I know I've done that one. Jonathan Smith and Phil Wickham. Yep. Um, I Choose Joy. Marcia, Henry, Carrie Muller, and Don West. Uh, what else do we got here? Another co- collaboration with Jeff Pardo and Ethan Hulse and Katie Nicole. In Jesus' Name, God of Possible. We've got Jaira, of course, that was listed as Song of the Year. Um, Look What You've Done, Tasha Layton. My God is Still the Same, Dustin Lawley. Jeff Pardo again with Ann Wilson for My Jesus. Uh, Toby Mack for Promised Land. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Rattle, Chris Brown, Stephen Furtick, another Elevation song. 
Say I Won't, Jordan Mohalowski. There's a nice, is that Polish name? Scars in Heaven, Mark Hall. Wow, from Casting Crowns. Um, what If by Rand Jackson. And Wonderful Merciful Savior, Eric Wise. And one more. Yes, he can. Jeff Pardo, just Jeff Pardo. So again, Jeff Pardo, man, that guy cleaned up at this awards. So there's a little highlights from the 2023 um, BMI Christian Music Awards. Um, again, I'll try to put the, the link in the show notes so you guys can uh, go on and read the article and see all of the highlights and the top songs and the awards from this year. Okay, pretty cool. Um, let's take a quick break before I go into this article on the number one mistakes that the number one mistake that writers and artists make. We'll be right back. All of the podcasts produced at Notespire Music, as well as portions of the programming on WNSMDB Notespire Radio, are sponsored by O'Brien Custom Guitars in York, Pennsylvania. At O'Brien Custom Guitars, they build guitars, basses, lap steels, and cigar box guitars specifically crafted to each individual customer's specifications. And they perform repairs, modifications, and setups using high-quality hardware, electronics, and materials. For a custom quote or more info, contact Sean at O'Brien Custom Guitars at gmail.com. That's O'Brien Custom Guitars at gmail.com. And by singer, songwriter, worship leader, and author Pauline Williams. Her latest devotional book is called Road to Life. And you can hear Pauline's podcast, The Daily Walk, on your favorite podcast site. Find out more at her website, paulinesmusic.com. That's paulinesmusic.com. And by Eric Rapp Music. Eric is a singer and songwriter from Pennsylvania, USA, and has been sharing his music for the Lord for over 40 years. His mission is to convey the good news to everyone, to encourage believers, and to help those who are disadvantaged, discouraged, and beaten down to find hope, joy, and peace. In addition to his solo shows, his work with the Save a Life Tour and All Saints Evangelistic Movement helps reach out to those in need in the inner cities. Visit Eric Rapp at his Facebook and Reverb Nation pages at Eric Rapp Music. We thank these folks for their partnership and support. To find out how you can advance your impact by becoming a sponsor of Notespire Music, visit our website at notespiremusic.com. All right, welcome back to the Artist Impact Podcast. I, again, I'm your host, Nate Miller, here at Notespire Music. My partner, Paul Gibbs, will be back with us again soon, or hopefully we'll be doing one of these together again, like we have in the past. All right, um, so we're going to talk this time about the number one mistake writers and artists make. This is according to Jason Bloom. So Jason Bloom, we've shared some of his stuff on this podcast before. Um, he's the author of Six Steps to Songwriting Success, This Business of Songwriting, um, and Inside Songwriting by Billboard Books, as well as many other titles. He writes a lot of great and helpful songwriting um, articles. This particular one was posted in Music World on June 12th of this year. So according to Jason Bloom, the number one mistake writers and artists make. Okay, so he starts off the article talking about some of the toughest critiques that he has to give in some of his workshops, so songwriting workshops, are those where he's required to tell the person, the writer or the artist, that they have written a perfectly crafted song, 
There's nothing wrong with it and nothing to fix. So wait, why is that a tough critique? And, and if nothing is wrong with the song, if they've written a perfectly well-crafted song like what, and there's nothing to fix, what's wrong with that? But here's the thing. He says the next part that he has to tell them is the hardest part. And that is when he has to say that there's nothing that says wow about this song. There's no elements that are going to compel, he says, a decision maker, like a publisher, to choose this song or an artist to perform it over all the other well-crafted songs that the, 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 you know, the writer is in competition with. So this is an interesting point. So episode and um, our podcast, episode 52, I talked about how to write a hit song. So if you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. We talked about a lot of good um, tips and tricks on polishing your song to make sure it has the best chance possible. But we also talked about the fact that there's no um, surefire way or method or guarantee of success. Um, but I, th I think this is, inter is, this is interesting because this is an article from a person who knows what it, it takes to write a hit song. And he's saying like, look, you can write the most perfectly well-crafted song and it's still not going to go anywhere because look, you know, just because it's perfectly well-crafted doesn't set it apart, doesn't set it out from the rest of the competition. There's lots of great songwriters out there and um, it it might just be, it might be just as good as theirs, but where's the wow element? What sets it apart? He gives a little backstory about um, his own songwriting journey in this article and he talks about how he wrote for years and he would send songs to publishers and waiting, he, you know, he thought he had a great song every time and he waited each time just to get a rejection uh, for each and every one from the publisher. And then um, he finally got to write with a, a seasoned songwriter who ha who was coming off of a hit and he collaborated with this pro, you know, and uh, he thought, well, this is great because this person just wrote a hit song and now, you know, I'm going to, and he upped his um, production value um, with like session players and using an in-demand vocalist so that it sounded great, you know, polished and professional, sent that away and figured that the publishers are going to jump right on this and say, all right, not only do you have a hit song, but we want to put you on staff, um, you know, give them a contract as a staff writer for the publishing house. And you know what? The staff writer said, congratulations, you wrote a great song and it's just as good as all of our staff writers and turned it down because they already had people writing this caliber of songs. There is nothing there that set this song apart that made it go, wow, um, we, we have to have this, you know, we've got to publish this and we've got to find an artist for this. So this is a really interesting um, angle, and I think this is an important one. I didn't highlight this at all in the um, How to Write a Hit Song podcast, but I think this is after you've gotten some experience under your belt um, and you've written enough songs and you've kind of learned the ropes a little bit, this might be you know, a, a missing element that is going to help you to just set yourself that much further apart and set your song above the other, the fray, so to speak. All right, so he's got some points here, Jason Bloom, in this article. Here's what he says. These are kind of the questions you want to ask about your song. One, have I grabbed attention with the opening line that makes the song jump out of the pile and rise above the competition? So has the opening line of your song, the lyric, or the way that it's sung, has that grabbed the, list, the listener's attention right from the get-go? And, you know, we all know how short attention spans are. You know, we're... We're on our phones just skimming through um, content. And if something doesn't grab your attention, you just sweep to the next thing, right? So songs are even more so. A lot of songs will start right away with the hook, 
and if not the hook, uh, the hook and the chorus, right? And I mean, years ago, songs didn't start with a chorus. You waited to get to the chorus or they had like an eight bar intro. Like you don't hear that anymore. You know, you have a short two bar, maybe four bar intro. And a lot of times it won't won't even go into the verse. It starts with the chorus because they're trying to grab the listener's attention right away. So not just the melody, but the lyric. Have I grabbed the attention with the opening line? Um, Next, have I included lines unique enough to make a music publisher say, I have to represent this? Or for an artist, a would-be artist that would pick up the song, for them to say, I have to have this song. I want to perform this song. Um, Really good question to ask. How about this one? Is this song built on a concept that is so fresh it would compel an artist to bump his or her her own song to include yours? I mean, that's, that's a pretty tough call or a tough order to fill, right? You want a, a potential recording artist to say, whoa, this song's so good. I want to, you know, maybe they're saying, I'm going to put 12 songs on my album. I'm going to nix one of them so that I can do this song. It, that I love it that much. I mean, if you've written a song like that, that that's that compelling. Yeah. Then you've got a successful hit song on your hands, right? Okay. Number four, if my hope is that my audience will understand the lyric have I communicated in a way that will allow the listeners to grasp the meaning that I intended? Or are the lyrics so abstract and obscure that only I know what they mean? We talked a little bit about this in episode 52 of how to write a hit song, where I said, you want to write in such a way that it establishes kind of general or universal appeal. And I said that you didn't, that doesn't mean that you can't write in a personal way or even from a personal experience, but you need to write in a way that people are going to resonate with. And just like he's saying here, is this so abstract and obscure that it only makes sense to you? That this song can only apply to you? It's never going to to, um, set it apart and it's never going to be compelling to a publisher or to an artist to pick up or even to your listener to listen to if they're just like, I I don't know, man, I can't relate. Um, Yeah, very good question. All right. So now he says, it's time to put your melody under the proverbial microscope. So, you know, before he was talking kind of about the, the lyrics, I think, at large. So now let's focus on melody. Here's his first question. Have I differentiated my song's sections by giving them rhythms that vary from each other? Or do the verses sound similar to the pre-choruses, if you have them? And do the verses and choruses employ significantly different rhythms from each other? So this is a good, um, good question. What's the dynamics of your arrangement? Does everything sound the same, like all the sections? Do the verses sound different from the chorus? Um, or does it just sound samey-samey the whole way through? You really need to have some dynamics, not only in terms of the volume of the of the music and the rhythm, but also in your melody. And um, you know, there you want an emotion and a journey in your song. You should be able to pick this up from your lyrics. If if you're telling a story or if there's a message behind your lyrics that should speak into the types of dynamics and melodies that you guys are writing. Again, the different sections need to have a different feel to them and not be the same the whole way throughout. Okay. If your verses are wordy with lots of syllables, he says, maybe you can announce the arrival of the chorus by using fewer words and long held out notes, such as half notes or whole notes. Or on the other hand, if your verse is comprised of just a few words and kind of legato elongated notes, it might be best to follow up with a more rhythmic chorus that includes more words so that, that are accompanied by like, say, quarter notes or eighth notes. 
And then if there's a bridge, you want that to introduce even more melodic variation with elements that vary from the rest of the song section. So if you're going, not every song has a bridge, but if you're going to put a bridge in, you want to make sure that that's not the same as the verse or the chorus, the pre-chorus, the intro, the outro. I mean, you can use the same chord progression, but like there's got to be something that sets that apart. Otherwise, don't put it in there. Again, very good advice when thinking about your arrangement and the elements that you want to put in your songs. All right, next. And we talked about this hook, the hook before, right? Have I included a signature lick, he says, or an instantly recognizable instrumental hook that is heard during the song's intro as well as throughout the song? Okay. So again, the hook doesn't have to be something instrumental. It can be something in the melody that you sing. But instrumental hooks are a great element to use. And uh, if it's going to be somewhere in the end of the song, you might want to think about putting it in the intro, not making people wait to the end of the song to hear it because they might not wait that long. So it's almost, it's a kind of a nice um, little tool to use too. It's a little bit of foreshadowing of something that's going to be heard a little bit later on. So if you got like a nice little hook in the piano or the guitar, throw that in the intro and then bring it back, you know, and then when the person hears it again, that just cements it even more. Okay, and the next one he, he takes from his book called Six Steps to Songwriting Success. He says, have I include what I define, that's Jason Bloom, what I define as a magic moment in my book Six Steps to Songwriting Success. Um, and he gives an example, like an unexpected chord or note that propels the song to a next level. So is there, um, is there some note in the melody or is there an unexpected chord that really makes the listener go, whoa, what was that? You know, he gives an example here. He says, it's hard to imagine a better example than the low note that accompanies the word low in Garth Brooks' signature song, Friends in Low Places. You know, I got friends in low places. That low note really stands out. You're not expecting to go low. And it's kind of cool because, you know, thematically it goes low with the word low. So different tools and tricks that you can use like that. Is there something that sets your song apart? It's like, wow, whoa, I didn't, I don't, you don't hear that very often. You know, something in the melody or a chord that isn't used, you know, you don't use the same four chords over and over again that every pop song has, right? Get something that stands out that's going to uh, make the publisher, the artist, or the listener go, wow, that was really cool. Was not expecting that. Okay, and his last one here for melody, he says, have I used a groove that sets my song apart? Um, again, it's just about making your song different from what else is out there. If it's too different, depending on the genre that you're in and you're trying to appeal to, uh, if you want this to be a mainstream song, it can't be so avant-garde that people just don't get it. I mean, I, I think about in, cla in the classical world, the atonal movement, you know, using all 12 notes of the Western scale, like in succession without repeating one. Um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. But like, I, I just can't get behind that because it just is so haphazard. It doesn't sound like music to me. That's kind of like a musician's mu uh, music there. Um, you got to appreciate the skill that it takes to write a melody that uses all 12 notes without repeating one, um, before starting over again, but it doesn't have wide appeal. So unless you're going very niche, very niche, you know, with your audience, then yeah, you can't be too bizarre. But you don't want to toe the line so well that you sound like everything else that's out there. Um, I think what he's saying is don't play it too safe. In fact, you know, doing that surprise moment could just be the thing that's going to set your song apart and catapult it into success. All right. 
and then finally, he wraps up this article by saying, if you're an, a recording artist, you want to ask the following. So the ones above will fit with, yeah, a recording artist, but it's also for people who are songwriters who don't necessarily want to be the artist performing the song. Maybe you're pitching your song to a publishing house and you're hoping that it'll get picked up. Um, you might even be singing on your own demo of it, but you're not the final artist who's going to be um, picking this song up and recording it professionally. So for those people who are, um, he says this, have I showcased and amplified a unique element of my voice that will make it instantly identifiable? Again, if you're the artist, the end user of this song, does it represent you and your style and what you're about? Like, if you're a unique artist and you're not trying to sound like everybody else out there, there, there should be something about you, um, something about the way that you sing, whether it's the melodies that you use, um, the lyrics that you sing, the type of voice that you have, um, something, something that sets you apart as an artist that is recognizable, like, oh, wow, that is that person. And again, you don't want all your songs to sound the same, but let's face it, artists that you listen to, you hear their songs and right away, you know, like, oh, that's this person or that's this artist. Why? Because they have a signature sound. So have you showcased whatever that sound is, whatever that, whatever that thing that is that sets you apart as an artist, have you showcased and amplified that unique element in the song that you've performed? Number two, is my song consistent with and supporting the identity that you hope to project? Again, you as the artist, you have a style, you have a certain image, um, you have a certain Je ne sais quoi. I don't know. There's something about you that is you, right? Are you just trying to be a, a copycat, a cookie cutter artist out there? Or are you trying to be you? You should be you. You know, be the best version of you that you can be. And um, that's going to set this song and you apart as an artist. God has cre created each one of us to be unique. Why not be you? Be the best you. No one else can be you, right? Don't try to be somebody else. You can learn from them, from their successes and use them to help you, but just be you. Be the best version of you. Be who God has created you to be. And uh, believe me, that'll be enough. And then finally, third thing he says for recording artist: Does my production and choice of instrumentation set my song and my recording apart from the competition? And this is where working with a skilled production or a skilled producer and engineer is going to come in handy. If you don't have production experience and um, you you have someone helping you to re record this. Get some help in terms of knowing what instrumentation, what what kind of an arrangement um, will help to make this the best song possible. Sometimes collaborating with other people because they can hear other things or see other things that you might not, um, that your you know limited understanding or focus or attention can see past. Right? Get help. Playing it safe, he says, can be the most dangerous thing to do. By asking yourself some tough tough questions, getting trusted feedback. And pushing the creative envelope, staying open to revision. We talked before about writing a hit song. It's not just the first iteration of what you do and you don't throw it out there. Write, rewrite, get feedback, fix it, polish it, right? By doing all these things, he says, you can create songs and recordings that will go beyond quote-unquote good and quote perfectly crafted, unquote, to wow with an exclamation mark. All right, so I, I feel like this is sort of an... Um, and add one to the episode 52 that we did, how to write a hit song. Um, again, Jason Bloom, his his perspective of the number one mistake that writers and artists make. And I would sum it up in just saying this. Don't try to be like everyone else or just to write a well-written song. Yes, write a well-written song, 
but make it unique. Let something about it make the listener, the publisher, the artist, whoever say, wow, I have to have this, or I have to publish this, or I have to listen to this, or I have to sing this, or I have to sing along with this. You know, be the unique voice that God has made you to be, be the best version of yourself that you can be, put that into this. And um, again, this is only going to help you to improve your songwriting, your craft, the success of your song, the reach of your song, and also to get your message out there to more people, which really is the point of this music, is to share some truth to the final end user, the listener who's enjoying your music. All right. Great article there, some great thoughts, different perspective, a slightly different perspective, and I think that's really helpful. All right, well, let's end this episode with the answer to those uh, three Christian music trivia questions. Maybe you knew all three of these. Um, like I said, they were fairly easy, but I don't want to assume, right? All right, question number one. What Christian artist released the album Look Up Child featuring the hit song You Say? That was, of course, Lauren Daigle. All right. How many of you guys know that one? Again, like I said, I know the song You Say. Uh, did not realize that album was called Look Up Child. You know what? Very few people are uh, buying or listening to full albums anymore. A lot of people just um, listen to songs a la carte, right? On Spotify or other, some other streaming platform. A lot of just listening to one single song instead of the whole album. And I haven't bought an album in a long time. So sorry, Lauren. Didn't know the name of your album there. All right, number two, what is the name of the hymn that begins with the lyrics, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. All right, that is, of course, the hymn, Great is thy faithfulness. All right, I hope you guys knew that one. Um, it's pretty hard to have grown up in the church and not know that, but again, some people have not sung hymns and that's not part of their culture, and that's okay. I think it's important to recognize that as part of our faith and part of our history, where we've come from, there's still a, a great part of our heritage. And I think that's something that's being a, lot, a little bit lost. And sometimes there's a resurgence of that. People will um, redo these hymns. They'll put a modern chorus or a bridge on that. Chris Tomlin, <laughs> some other ones too, but he's pretty well known for doing that. All right. And then finally, number three, which Christian rock band is known for songs like I Can Only Imagine and Word of God Speak? All right, maybe you guys recognize both of those songs. That is, of course, the band Mercy Me. And um, I cannot hear the song, I can only imagine um, anymore without thinking of Tim Hawkins and his spoof uh, parody song, I Can Only Eat Margarine. Yeah, sorry, Mercy Me, that, that's what I hear now. <laughs> if you don't know Tim Hawkins or that song, uh, you should look it up. Well, maybe you shouldn't. If you love Mercy Me, you don't want to ruin it for yourselves. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Thank you guys so much. I hope those Christian trivia, Christian music trivia questions were fun. Maybe you learned something new. And if not, if you didn't and you knew all those answers, then you can pat yourself on the back and feel great for being up on your Christian music. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me for yet another episode of the Artist Impact Podcast. Um, again, Paul Gibbs will be back with you shortly, either just him or the two of us together. But we thank you guys for um, tuning into these. We hope they're helpful. Um, entertaining. We hope that they have an impact on you and on your music. And uh, if you guys need any help with anything uh, for songwriting, uh, song review, um, arrangement or composition, if you need help recording, if you need help with artist development or promotion, we do all of those things here at um, Notespire Music. 
Uh, we also do music videos. That's performance videos and lyric videos. Um, a whole host of things that you can find out on our website, which is www. You don't need to say that anymore. It's at notespiremusic.com. <laughs> um, you can email us directly at info at notespiremusic.com. We're also on social media at Facebook and Instagram. And uh, we're on YouTube at Notespire Music TV. Uh, we've got some good content on there, hopefully getting some more out to you shortly. So check us out on there. Um, again, just reach out to us, info at notespiremusic.com. Say hello. And uh, we'll be back shortly with another one of these Impact Podcasts. And until then, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Artist Impact Podcast, a production of Notespire Music, LLC. At Notespire Music, we empower independent Christian musicians to grow their God-given music potential by refining their craft and extending their music ministry reach. Notespire Music, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. For more information, visit notespiremusic.com. And join us next time for the Notespire Music Artist Impact.